A space for conversation around women's health through the lens of naturopathic and Eastern medicine. I am Sandy Ross and this is Earth Medicine Podcast. podcast is multi-leveled. Episodes for patient education to graduate practitioner level. Thank you for tuning in and I hope you gain value from this episode. So let's talk all things the fire element from a Chinese medicine perspective. So the fire element is a big one actually and it houses four main organs. We've got the heart, the pericardium, which surrounds the heart, the small intestine, so part of the bowels, and then we've got the triple heater, or it's sometimes called triple warmer, or the sand jiao. So I'll dive into that a little bit more. The season that's associated with the fire element is summer, and the color is red. So you instantly think of that kind of hot energy, which is very yang, representing the light and the warmth from the fire element. So the body type um, of the fire element is a heart-shaped face and smaller hands and feet. And so that's kind of all the information I found related to the constitutional typing, but you can definitely have a lot more heat in the upper body. Um, So you can get a red face easily as well. You know, the fire qualities of the personality are very fun. They're passionate. They're excited easily. They love to laugh. They can be the clown, um, the class clown and the life of the party or the team player. But when they're imbalanced, you know, they can need constant reassurance, um, constant stimulation. They can be needy. They can be distracted easily and feel very bored and they can't focus. They can have that kind of ADD tendency. They don't really follow through on things and they don't like to be alone. And so these are the things that we look for to try and balance out in the fire element constitution. There's a huge emotional connection with the fire element as well. From a Chinese medicine perspective, um, the heart, which is in the fire element, houses the shen. And the shen is what we call our spirit or it's kind of like that calm mind state. So when there's imbalances within the mind, people have, you know, problems with consciousness, um, psychic disorders, uh, mental health, insomnia, mania, um, anxiety, those sort of things, we often connect them with a disturbance within the Shen. And so this is housed within the fire element. So I'll go into the emotional aspect a little bit more too. So we look at people's vitality and their state of consciousness represented within that fire element. I'll break it down into those individual organs because I think that might be easier to explain what they do and how they house within the fire element. So first of all, I'll dive into the heart. So the heart is actually manifested in the tongue. We we associate anything to do with speech, you know, stuttering or aphasia, which is the inability to speak, um, associated with the tongue in Chinese medicine. And then that means there can be a problem with the heart. So if we were treating those kind of conditions, delayed speech and stuff, we're actually looking at it from a heart perspective in Chinese medicine. It also represents the taste. So the tongue, um, if people are not being able to taste their food very well, this can be a problem with the heart. And so those who have a really nice passion for food and can taste everything and all the flavors usually have a very strong heart health in Chinese medicine. 
So for diagnosis, we're usually looking at the tip of the tongue to see if there's any cracks or prickles or if there's a red color to the tongue, because this is usually telling us that there can be a problem associated with the heart from a Chinese medicine perspective. And I keep saying that just so you understand that it can be an energetic manifestation. It doesn't mean there's actually a physical problem with your heart. And so... Um, the red tip could be, you know, problems with your sleep. So insomnia or problems to fall asleep, problems to stay asleep, um, excess anxiety. So more anxiety than normal, but it also could be a problem with your blood or your blood vessels because the heart rules the blood vessels of the body. So, you know, blood pressure problems, whether low or high, that can also be associated when we're looking at that tip of the tongue. The liver in Chinese medicine moves the blood and the spleen holds the blood, but the heart governs the blood from a Chinese medicine perspective. And so blood in Chinese medicine moistens and nourishes your entire body. And so if there are problems within the blood or the vessels in the body, we do need to look at the quality of the heart health, along with other factors like the spleen. But um, I'll talk a little bit more about the Shen, as I mentioned before. But there's a lot of texts that talk about a healthy shen actually comes from having healthy blood in Chinese medicine. And so we need to really make sure we're looking at the quality of the blood and make sure there's proper circulation and there's no deficiency within the heart blood to really help to be able to house your spirit or your mind, your mental state. The heart actually also controls perspiration. So perspiration is the fluid associated with the heart. So people that perspire excessively, whether from demanding exercise or not, so whether you're just exercising really hard or doing nothing at all, that can be a sign that there's a qi deficiency of the heart from a Chinese medicine perspective. So the fire element, just coming back to the emotions, the fire element's really important for our joy and our ability to be passionate and be also optimistic in life. And it gives us meaning to our relationship, our connection with others, allowing us to express ourselves fully. So if people are having problems with socializing, that anxiety that comes with socializing, we usually have to look at the fire element. But to dive in deeper, talking about that Shen, the spirit. So when Chinese medicine speaks of the mind, it's a lot broader than we talk about the mind as an aspect of the consciousness. It's including the way we think and our intelligence, our memory and our sleep. And so in Chinese medicine, we see like mental associations with sleep and we see things like nightmares that can come through being a very big indicator that there's an imbalance in the heart energy. And so if the heart does not have enough chi or blood, it can't provide enough, uh, it can't provide a place for the spirit to reside in. And so to help support the Shen, we really need to look at the heart chi and the heart blood and making sure that those are tonified and not too much heat in those um, aspects as well. So, you know, when people have excess heat in the heart element, that's when they get the vivid dreams and um, nightmares and stuff like that. And so that can be a driver from emotional health or it can be dietary as well. And it definitely can be hormones. So there's a few things to really look at when we are seeing the heat aspect come into the heart element. And obviously it's the fire element. It's a summer element. So it can heat up very quickly. And so we see that sometimes people are having too many spicy foods or alcohol in their diet and it's creating too much heat in the body. And because their constitution weakness is in the heart, it's affecting the heart. So sometimes taking those things out of the diet, even caffeine can be a big one that's too heating for the body and then too drying. It can deplete the yin. It's really important to reevaluate some of those things that might be, you know, causing that experience of a 
restless feeling within the body. And sometimes this will cause, you know, mental cloudiness as well and problems with the memory. So, you know, without a strong balanced heart, these are the key aspects of consciousness that we can really help to support to make sure that people can sleep well, think well, not feel over anxious, um, not have excess heat in the body uh, or palpitations or those kind of heart associated conditions. So when we're in consultation with a client, we'll actually look at the eyes to just see what the quality of the eyes are like. If they're looking dull and tired and dry, these can be really associated with a Shen disturbance in Chinese medicine. And so we want to see nice, moist colored white eyes to know that the Shen and the spirit is nice and healthy. And you've heard the saying, the eyes are the window to the soul. And that's definitely represented from a Chinese medicine diagnostic perspective. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the small intestine now. So as a naturopath, obviously the small intestine is a very key part of gut health and naturopathic philosophy as it absorbs most of our nutrients. And um, in Chinese medicine, it does have a, a big role, but it only does kind of a couple of things. But those things are very important. So in Chinese medicine, the small intestine is what we call a food organ. But um, it basically separates the clear from the turbid. This is the term we use. So the small intestine basically receives the food and the fluid from the stomach after the stomach's done what we call the rotten and the ripening. And the spleen's extracted the food essences, which then basically the spleen will um, send what it needs to up to the heart to then be turned into blood or to chi, and it goes throughout the body. So... The small intestine communicates with the bladder because it excretes the impure parts of our fluids and also with the large intestine is it's excreting the impure solid waste of our food. So it basically transforms our, it separates our pure parts of our food and fluid from the impure parts. And so, yeah, basically the pure parts go to the spleen to form part of the essence of food and fluids. Um which the spleen then transforms all over the body and then the impure part goes to the large intestine. But if you think about this from an emotional perspective, and this is where people can get gut problems from a Chinese medicine perspective, is that this comes a lot to do with the things that we need to actually take in and the things we need to let go of. So we talk about this in an energetic perspective or an emotional aspect of basically taking in things that are really important and what you do need to hold on to, what's serving you and letting go of the things that are not serving you. And this can be, you know, friendships, emotional things at work. You know, do you hold on to every little thing that comes at you or do you have the ability to let go? So are you dwelling on things that happened in the past? Are you dwelling on the little minute things that happen within your day that are holding you back from progressing further? You know, these are the, it kind of relates to manifestation to me, the small intestine, because it's the ability to put ourselves into that vibration that feels good rather than holding on to the things that are not feeling good. And so that's mostly what it does from a Chinese medicine perspective, but I think that's a very powerful role that it plays. And like I said, if if that role isn't played well, so if your emotional health is affecting your digestive state, you really need to reevaluate your thought process, what you're doing, your boundaries, because that can really manifest as physical symptoms within the gut. Okay, so let's move on to the triple burner. So the triple burner is um, the yang paired organ with the pericardium. 
And so it's kind of the most difficult to define and understand because it's often referred to also as a San Jiao or the triple warmer. And throughout history, scholars have argued about the nature of the triple burner, what it does, is it actually an organ or is it more a um, collection of organ networks of viscera and bowels and so on and so forth. However, it doesn't really um, affect the purpose of the sand gel. I think the sand gel is pretty cool, and I, I use a lot of sand gel stuff within my clinic um, because the role it does have is so big. So basically, when I say sand gel, that just means three heaters of the body. And so we're breaking the digestive system up into three sections. So I think that's pretty cool and pretty powerful. And so the first section, which is what we call the upper burner, is like the mist. So the upper burner is the area that sits above the diaphragm. And so that's containing the heart, the pericardium and the lungs. And so the upper burner's main function is seen to be able to basically control the fluids all over the body and to be able to form of fine vapors and mists. And so the middle burner is said to be like a muddy pool, but it has a huge role with basically digestion within the body. And um, the, the middle burner sits between the diaphragm and the belly button and it contains the stomach and the spleen and the gallbladder. So huge digestive function from a Chinese medicine perspective. So the stomach and the spleen are like your pivot of your digestion. So they are involved with the rotting and the ripening and also the transporting and the transforming of foods and fluids. And then the gallbladder has a huge role obviously with our fat digestion and bile secretions. So the middle, bowel, middle burner plays a very big role in actually being able to break down our food and to be able to send it down to the lower bowel to have the absorption or the excretion take place. And so yeah, the main function is the digestion and being able to break down the food and the drink and the distribution of the nutrients throughout the body. So in acupuncture theory, this is often referred to as that transportation and the transformation. And we do see a lot of clinical problems coming through with the middle burner. And we can see this as the middle part of the tongue when we're looking at it from a Chinese medicine perspective. And so the lower burner is like the drainage ditch. And this sits below the belly button and contains the organs of the kidneys, the bladder, the small intestine, the large intestine. And the so uterus is also considered in there and also the liver. So functionally, not physically. And so its main function is the separation of the food and the drink waste for the reabsorption of the useful stuff that we're, we've been taking in and the elimination through the bowels or the bladder of the stuff that doesn't serve us. So any waste material is to go through the lower burner. And so there are points specifically we can use in Chinese medicine acupuncture and herbs and stuff to help influence and encourage the health of the burners. So last but not least is the pericardium. And so, as I said before, the pericardium surrounds the heart. And in Chinese medicine, um, basically different organs, are, they have analogs to the ministers or officials to explain them. So lung is seen as the prime minister, the liver is seen as the general, the stomach is the minister, the heart is the emperor, the ruler of all the organs, basically. And the way they connect in Chinese medicine, the pericardium and the heart is... The pericardium is to act as the ambassador of the heart. So the pericardium helps with spreading joy and happiness and the heart is the container for the shen, that spirit I was talking about. But it is the pericardium's role that basically does the beating of the heart and the protecting of the heart. So 
From a Chinese medicine perspective, when pathogenic factors attack the heart, they must first attack the pericardium. So the pericardium is seen as the heart's emperor protector, basically, and has a role of protecting the heart from both the external pathogenic factors and the internal emotional damages. And so pathogenic factors are kind of like bacterias or viruses or, you know, external winds, um, things that can invade the body and cause disruption to the qi. And so the pericardium as the emotional protector screens and protects the consciousness from being overwhelmed. So the sensory and the emotional overloads that can happen in a relationship from our internal or our external world will affect the pericardium before they affect the heart. And so when we're using acupuncture, we're looking at points along the pericardium channel to address either their physical or emotional problems that might be associated with the heart so things seen as like angina or anxiety or sadness we often can look through the pericardium channel and Chinese medicine also describes anxiety as basically like a fullness under the heart and so this is reflecting that kind of understanding that anxiety can be felt as pressure under the diaphragm that actually may be caused from you know digestive problems or chronic stress um, and using points on the pericardium channel are often used for these types of problems um, with very good results and so the pericardium it consists of two layers of connective tissue that surround the heart. So it is really important to think of when we're looking at heart problems from a Chinese medicine perspective to also work in with the pericardium. So interesting, um, there's a point on the pericardium channel called pericardium 6, neguan, that was actually the chosen point by Chinese medicine doctors back in the 70s when they were doing um, anesthetics for open heart surgery and other operations, which is amazing, along with a few other points, but it just shows that connection there with protecting the heart. And so with the emotional aspect of the pericardium, when the pericardium is nice and strong, people will be instinctively, they'll know when to open up um, and know when to protect themselves of their emotional energy. And a healthy pericardium function, like a well-oiled door, is able to swing open and shut easily with the emotional things that come and go in our daily life. And, you know, it becomes clear that what is the right thing to do and what is not the right thing to do. So that's from a Chinese medicine perspective, represented of a healthy pericardium. So I'll bring it back now to connect these four organ networks once again with the fire element and what it looks like to have an imbalance within the fire element and some of the diagnostics um, we use and what we can do to treat them. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of things happening with those organs within the fire element. So anything related to, you know, heart palpitations or angina, arrhythmias, that can definitely be a manifestation of a problem within the fire element. Insomnia, mania, disturbed sleep, bad dreams, vivid dreams, nightmares, night terrors can be problems within the fire element. One of the main things that affects the small intestine is coldness as well. So cold invades the small intestine. And so there can be pain around the navel, watery diarrhea or loose stools, frequent clear urination or you know, gurgling sounds of the abdomen. So this can be a fire imbalance as well because it can definitely have both a physical and a mental role from that small intestine perspective on the emotional aspect. So we can treat the fire element to support the small intestine. And obviously the triple burner is a little bit larger. So obviously there is, I can't remember how many organs are involved, but we've got them associated into those three 
upper, middle and the lower burner. So any kind of digestive complaints that are associated with that can be looked upon as imbalance in the fire element. And then the pericardium's function. So, you know, this is from a Western um, perspective, things like meningitis, um, febrile diseases can be a problem with the pericardium. So Chinese medicine, we might see high fevers that are really worse at night, mental confusion, delirium, insomnia, irritability, um, red skin rashes, and definitely that kind of red tip on the tongue um, and the pulse is usually really thin and rapid and so Chinese dietary therapy can be very good for supporting imbalances within the fire element but before I talk about the foods that are recommended for um, you know that are going to be nourishing for the fire element I really want to help people to understand that there's usually an, or an excess or an imbalance of a deficiency within the organ network when we're talking about Chinese dietary therapy so just because a food might be good for that organ network doesn't mean you need to eat it. It might mean you need to eat less of it because you're having too much of it. It's imbalancing it. So I see this a lot with um, the stimulants that are associated with the fire element. So uh, one is spicy food. It actually heats the heart up too much and causes a depletion of the yin. And also caffeine. So caffeine's obviously bitter, and bitter is the flavor of the fire element. But if you're having too much caffeine and it's too stimulating and overheating to the body, that'll arise and give those disturbances to things like the shen, like the spirit I was talking about. And that can affect you know, anxiety or insomnia. And a lot of people know that when they have too much caffeine, it can cause those symptoms. So sometimes it's not about having those foods. It's about identifying if there might be an excess there and pulling back on them if so. If there is a deficiency, then you do need to include more bitter foods um, into your diet. So a lot of your herbs are very bitter. They're bitter and pungent. So um, grains can be really good. Your vegetables, particularly your dark leafy green vegetables, because they're quite bitter. So um, making sure you're including more of them. If you tend to feel more hot, then you can have a bit more salads and of raw leafy greens however if you tend to run a bit more cold then it's really important to make sure that those dark leafy greens are cooked beans and seeds are also really great um, to help with the fire element so there's a lot of great grains in there that have a bitter aspect that can be included into the diet um, and things like black pepper and um, garlic and ginger and onions uh, they can be really good for supporting a deficiency as a fire element so if you run a little bit more hot and you tend to get insomnia and heated and you know can fire up a bit easier they're probably not the foods for you to be having you probably want more of those neutral grains the leafy greens and the beans and the seeds included in your diet so in Chinese dietary therapy there are a lot of things we can do to support the fire element and before I talk about the foods to include, I kind of want to talk about the foods to not have or avoid, basically. So your stimulants, um, your stimulants like your refined sugars, excess caffeine, they can basically cause you know excess heat in the body, which will lead to those feelings of anxiety and insomnia. And so to try and help um, you know curb those cravings of those excessive stimulants have things like peppermint tea um, which helps to allow the liver chi to flow nicely as well and it's really important to get real with how much caffeine intake you are having and if it is affecting you and causing you anxiety or insomnia to really rethink and reevaluate what you can do to swap it over so swap it over for a turmeric latte or a beetroot latte a dandelion latte because that's a nice bitter and that's actually tonifying rather than depleting 
because so bitter foods can be bitter cooling or they can be bitter warming and so caffeine is a warming version of the bitter and then that can arise with too much heat but most of the bitters can actually be quite cooling and very um good for draining too much dampness in the body but uh including the bitter greens in your diet will be a very supportive aspect for the heart and the fire element so you know um bitter greens are probably one of the best thing you can do for most of the elements so there's the you know mustard greens um, bitter gourds spinach kale and cooking them ideally is going to be the best way to have them if you do run a little bit hot then you could have more you know your rockets and stuff in a salad version that's more cooling so bitter foods primarily help to nourish the heart so including foods such as you know your bitter gourds mustard leaf kale watercress all that sort of stuff in the diet can actually be tonifying for the heart Wheat berry in particular is a great food slash herb um, to include. It's very strengthening for the heart and soothing for the shen. And you can mix it um, in with the grains in white rice to make like a congee or you can roast them up or make a tea out of them even. Rose tea is another great option. So you can get rosebud and make a beautiful tea out of it. Um, it's very soothing and calms the shen from a Chinese medicine perspective. So, you know, you can even add it to soups and stews. It doesn't have much of a flavor, but it's it's so beautiful to watch. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, and uh, also jasmine. So jasmine green tea is very good for helping to support the heart and calm the shen from a Chinese medicine perspective. There's another great herb um, called tree peony, which helps to put out that excessive fire in the heart and also in the liver. So if you run hot and you do have, you know, night sweats, um, insomnia, nightmares, kind of a lot of stuff happening within the night with the heat coming up, then you might need to just cool things down a bit. So using the um, tree peony bark can be very good for you. So you can make that into like a soup. You can make it into a tea. You can add it with some other spices and cook with it. Um, and you can find it at the Chinese grocer very easily. A couple of other great things to support the heart. So dates are considered a great um food to support the blood and support the heart, which then supports the fire element from a Chinese perspective. And also organ meat. So if there's an imbalance within the fire element, within one of those particular organs, you can actually eat the organs. So, you know, you can get heart, chicken hearts, and you can roast them up and however you want to eat them, cook them on a barbecue or whatnot. But that can be very tonifying if there's a deficiency in the heart. Small intestine might be a little bit harder to get, but, um, you know, I know that lots of cultures eat it in a very delicate way. So definitely be open to looking at organ meats because they can be very, very tonifying for the deficiency within that organ. All your phytonutrient-rich um, berries are going to also be very great for the heart. So you think of the berries that have got those beautiful colours in there like blood, so that's also going to be very tonifying for the blood and really supportive for the blood vessels within the body. So blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, all the berries you can get, they're rich in anthocyanins and very protective for the vessels and the heart and the brain. And, um, you know, they're an easy thing to add into your diet as well. So eating lots of berries to support the fire element and anything that's red in color so watermelons and tomatoes and goji berries they're all tonifying and supportive for that fire element from a chinese medicine perspective and so when we look at the five element theory and how they're all interconnected the liver actually has a big role in supporting the quality of the fire element so we can often see problems arising from in the heart in particular from the liver and so you know looking at the quality of the liver if it's 
having too much heat, if it's stagnating, that'll actually affect the heart. And so sometimes it comes back to treating the liver. And then that's where sometimes um, the the flavor associated with the liver is sour. And sometimes actually having sour foods in the diet can actually help with moving the liver. And so things like lemon and apple cider vinegar, sour plum, good quality rice vinegar can actually be very good from a dietary perspective to support the heart as well. Um, and yeah, just some basic things like kiwi, pineapple, strawberries, banana, coconut water, oysters, barley, buckwheat, chrysanthemum tea, green tea, dandelion tea, honeysuckle tea, peppermint, and aloe vera um, are all very supportive for heart. And um, just avoiding, you know, too much of those excessive bitter things like the coffee, so the heating ones that are going to cause the insomnia and anxiety. Um, too much sugars, too much oily, spicy food grilled foods um and then yeah obviously the the things that are going to add too much spice like the chilies and whatnot mung bean soup is a traditional um soup that's used for heart health in chinese medicine um and there's a white fungus soup that they also use with the lotus seed lotus is very cooling as well and um, goji berries are a great food to include daily and also boiling and steaming your food and braising your food rather than frying it and grilling it can be very good so there's obviously a lot happening within the fire element. And so just to kind of summarize and recap on the things that you can do to support your fire element, the emotional side of things is very important to reconsider. So, you know, are you speaking your truth? Are you getting rid of the things emotionally that are not serving you and holding on to the things only that serve you? If you're not, you need to rethink, do things that are going to be supported for this. So journaling, speaking with friends, authentic friends, seeing a psychiatrist, I mean, sorry, a psychologist, um, you know, finding out the ways that you can actually decipher the, the emotional things that you need to hold on to and what you need to let go of. Remembering the main emotion is joy. And so are you doing things that are giving you joy in your life? Because if you're not, then, you know, we've got to remember life is about having fun and enjoying each day as it comes. So find things that actually give you that joy again. And it might be going back to that inner child work and going for a bike ride or, you know, doing things that you did as a kid, going to the beach or, you know, just going for a nice swim or going for a bushwalk the things that you actually get, it might be more fun than that, like dancing because you used to do dancing or putting in some great music that really connects you to that inner child of yours. So doing things that give you joy and have that fun and excitement in your life again. And, you know, too much excitement is can be the excess part of the heart element. And so making sure there's a fine balance there. And when we say too much excitement, that can be things like, you know, gambling and addictions and whatnot. So there's a fine balance between joy and fun within that fire element. And so, you know, addictions and all that, that's a whole other podcast, but that's absolutely associated with that Shen and the fire element there too. So yeah, really trying to do things that connect you back to that inner child, the fun, finding the foods that are really supportive for yourself with um, if you're having too much heat or if you're having too much cool and getting a fine balance going there, getting really real about your caffeine intake and making sure you're, you know, having good quality sleep and you're setting yourself up for good quality sleep and working on those sleep hygiene things that you can do like the lighting in the room, getting off screens, you know, maybe doing a meditation at night, 
and really just trying to do the things that are going to be supportive for your heart, your fire, um, your emotional element, because it's the chicken or the egg in Chinese medicine. It's the, is the emotion driving the physical symptom? Is the physical symptom causing more of an imbalance in that emotional aspect? So, you know, that's the you know, a great example is the caffeine intake there and how that drives the anxiety. So this is a podcast on all about the fire element. I hope you've found it interesting and you've gained some insight. Um, it's been a little bit messy, but um, I think I've covered most of the things I wanted to cover. And yeah, I really hope there's a lot of resources out there. So you can always go and read up more things or speak to a practitioner of Chinese medicine, go and get some acupuncture, go and get some herbs. If there's things that have come up for you listening to this podcast and, you know, it'd be great if you want to, if you like this podcast, listen to the rest of the element series so that you can really decipher, you know, what's your constitutional typing and the things that you can do in your everyday life to support your element and to keep it in balance thanks again for listening and have a lovely day thank you for listening i have been a practitioner of naturopathic and chinese medicine for over a decade i have a master's degree of health science and i am an academic lecturer at australia's leading natural medicine college I am available worldwide online for bookings. Simply go to sandyrosshealth.com.